This is episode 85 of the Rising Man Podcast with Mark John Brown. Knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. Blessings, Rising Man fam, and a very warm welcome back to the Rising Man Podcast. If you don't know, by now, I am your host and the creator of the show, Jetty Azuma. Great to have you back for another episode. And boy, oh boy, do we have a hot one today. A really, really special conversation. I'm excited for you all to hear this one. But before we dive in, it's your last chance to grab tickets for our Call of the Warrior One Day Immersive event coming up on September 7th here in Los Angeles. We're only one week away. We've been talking about it for months, and here it is. We're going to be gathering together as brothers in a united stand for male expression and freedom for men. My bro, Leon Ruri, is coming all the way from Australia to teach us how we can harness this energy and express ourselves fully by performing the haka, a ceremonial war dance of the Maori people. You won't want to miss it. You can register and get your tickets right now at rise.jettyazuma.com slash warrior. I hope to see all of y'all there. All right, my guest for today is none other than the Mark John Brown. Mark is a vastly experienced coach and writer who acts as a voice for both transformational businesses and for the world's indigenous populations. He has walked the path of shamanism for well over a decade and in the world of modern institution and business, he originally qualified and operated as an interpreter and translator before moving on to write copy for some of the world's very biggest corporations. He then amassed an array of experience, both succeeding and failing spectacularly, launching and growing several corporations of his own. Nowadays, when not training jujitsu, investing in cryptocurrency, or tending to his only remaining property brokerage company, you can find Mark John writing copy for some of the world's most successful transformational businesses, as well as providing life coaching for individual clients, facilitating transformational group work, sitting in ceremony with ancestral shamans, or indulging in his favorite activity of them all, spending time with his beloved Peruvian wife and their young daughter. In this episode, we spoke about appreciating boyhood and the boy that forever lives inside of us instead of demonizing this part of ourselves. So often we talk about the boy as something that's bad or wrong that we're trying to grow out of, but we talked about the value of the boy and how it continues to serve us throughout our lives as men. We also spoke about recognizing the power of ceremonial living and walking the beauty way in life. We also spoke about the basic human need of being seen and acknowledged by others, how important that is, and the deep healing power of a community that prays together. And we also jumped into the light and the shadow side of the martial arts. Mark John is also a martial artist with a lot of experience in different disciplines. So martial arts and plant medicines, two of my favorite subjects. We dove in deep on these two. I uh, also spoke about letting go of the stories and traumas we pick up as children so that we can become the men we want to be, connecting to the land we were born on and the roots of our lineage to understand better who we are, and a call to all men, calling us forward to become the men that the next generation of boys needs. Without further ado, Mark John Brown. Rising Man family, I've got another special brother here on the Rising Man show today. First time, we got a first time Scottish guy coming in all the way from Edinburgh. Did I say that right? Edinburgh? Yep. <laughs> My brother, Mark John Brown. It's good to have you here, man. Likewise, After man. all this time. Yeah, yeah. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Really honored to have you on the show. I know I, I told you this. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while because this dialogue of martial arts and plant medicines and the worlds that both you and I are so entrenched in, I I'm interested to see what kind of dialogue we can have here. Yeah, absolutely. I see a lot of you in me and I'm sure vice versa, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. We may not look the same, but I definitely beneath the skin, there's a lot of simpatico there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> awesome, bro. Okay, so let's jump right in then. Let me ask you the question I ask everybody. What is the difference between a boy and a man? So a man, it doesn't really matter. You can be a man even in a boy's body. For me, a man knows what he's feeling, why he's feeling it, and based on that, what he wants uh, in this very moment right now. Mm. Um, he, he understands mm. himself. He understands his emotions, his feelings, his drives. That's, that's a man and a, and a boy is mm. somebody who's still learning the ropes of that. Yes. There's two things I really like about that response. Number one, a lot of times we talk about boys living in a man's body. But you said it could be a man living in a boy's body because we, for, we forget that it can go the other way around. I, I've met a lot of really young but mm. mature and, and, and focused and intentional men who are still not physically mature in their bodies. So I like that you said it the opposite yeah. way because it's a good reminder also. And also that a lot of times we tend to, I don't know if demonize is the word, but we, we look down upon the boy energy because it's immature, it's, it's more self-centered, self-referenced. But you, you said something about the boy who's still learning. Yeah. And I think just that context for how we look at boys, especially really wild and rambunctious and troublesome, I'm, I'm saying in quotes, troublesome boys, if we look at them as they're still learning how to be the way that you describe then it gives us a completely different reference for how we hold them instead of making them out to be these these menaces of society. Yeah, yeah. And they're doing the best that they can with the tools that they have at the moment, which they've picked up through what they've learned so far. And they will develop more tools and more refined tools as they, their learning process expands, right? Yeah, yeah, man. Let's do something fun here. I've never asked this follow-up question, but what type of boy were you? Without putting too many labels on it, but just describe the kind of boy that you were. All right. What type of boy was I? Oh, my goodness. It's a big question, bro. Surprisingly, <laughs> it's a big one. So I was a boy that had a, formed a hard shell around himself. That's a great question, bro. Lovely, intuitive channeled magic right now. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I was a boy who wore a shell in society. In everyday terms, let's just say I, I was like, in many ways, a bit of a tough guy. And really what was going on inside of that boy's chest and heart and soul was such a deep longing for connection and acceptance and approval, right? Mm. But to get that, it needed to be tough. It needed to be, you know, the man and mm. the fighter, the, the guy who could do everything, right? And, you know, being gifted with the gifts that I have been gifted was even bigger fuel for that fire because I was gifted, you know, grace to the creator. I was gifted with ability to pick things up quickly and Mm. And, and be multifaceted and, and, and have my finger in many different pies and actually be quite, you know, proficient at whatever I, I, I did. So I picked up languages, I picked up, you know, acrobatics and I could dance and I could play football and I could box and I could fight and, you know, mm -hmm. and all of that was constantly thrown into the world like, ah! As, as a way of as a way of being like look at me accept me mm. you know approve mm. of me mm. tell me I'm amazing you know yeah um, yeah and hey that boy was in many ways carried into and perhaps as elements of him still exist yeah yeah, yeah let's just admit that right elements of for that sure. still exist within me yeah well I, I honor you for sharing that and for even acknowledging that that boy still lives there because after this is the 85th interview that I've done so far and every man who's been on here young and old admits that there's a boy in there that's not going to die that that boy it's not in the, the purpose is not to kill the boy why would we kill the boy inside of us 
Because I think I, I have a son. If I kill the boy inside of me, then how can I relate to my boy? Yes. How can I relate to my actual son who's in front of me, yeah. who, who in so many ways is a mirror of the boy in me that's wounded, that still needs that healing. So yeah. again, it's interesting where this conversation has gone, but how I think the reference and the context we have for boy is also something that needs to heal. Mm-hmm. All of us, men, women, as, as a culture, because boys, especially boys living in men's bodies, are the ones that are carrying so much of the blame for how we've gotten to where we are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there. I think that that's a part of it, but it's it's certainly not the whole equation. And it, it's. I'm glad that I might start asking everybody this question because I think it's a good one. I, I, for me as a boy, I was the I was the boy who was coloring inside all the lines. I was getting straight A's on my report card. I was really athletic. I was I was really short. So I made up for it by being smart and and fast and good at sports. So I didn't get picked on because I still had something to that made me valuable, that made me stand out. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't stand out too much. I wasn't like the shining star. I wasn't. I wasn't the best on the team. I wasn't the smartest in the class. But, but just enough to to hit all my marks and got a lot of approval and validation from from my parents in that way. Mm. In fact, one of my earliest wounds is remembering taking a report card home, and I had all A's and like a B plus. And and the first thing my mom said was, "What happened with that B?" You know, the expectations of perfection, wow. and and that laid a huge foundation for for that boy in me of, mm-hmm. of what I thought was important in life. And like, like, just like you, there's still parts of that that exist in me that now as a man, like you said in your definition, I'm aware of those things and I can choose how to respond. I can acknowledge I'm trying to be perfect, but that's not really my intention. What is my intention here? Yeah. And redirect my choice. Yeah, absolutely. And choice is, is the most powerful word of them all. And um, brother, before we continue i want to quickly share there's there is a this came to me there's an there's an a writer called sharon mckerlin um Mm. and she wrote a book called what is it uh grandmothers speak yeah i'm familiar with it man my my wife is part of a grandmother's circle here we actually i've actually met sharon in person and sat in circle with her wow because she's from down in in orange yeah right cool so you love you might be familiar with the term moys and worlds right like yeah 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 cool Boom. So yeah, just to throw that out there. But you, but ex- explain it, explain it for the audience though, because that's I, I appreciate you bringing that yeah. in. The moys. And yeah, worlds. no, that's exactly it. That you know we have a kind of heavy dose of moys and worlds in the world right now, uh, and and whilst that's not to be like shunned or condoned or whatever, it is something that you know we are actively kind of working to heal. Moys are boys in the bodies of men, and worlds are girls in the bodies of women right i'm glad i got that right it's a bit of a tongue twister (laughs) but yeah yeah uh, it's a wonderful term and and way to put it right yeah and this and this also goes back to something bill plotkin uh, wrote a book called nature of the human soul i've mentioned it here on the podcast before a psychotherapist really also big into rites of passage work and so he talks about this phenomena because he uses the reference of the medicine wheel as you know speaking about the seasons and journey of life and he talks about in the west gate of the medicine wheel where we're supposed to be moving out of our childhood and our youth into our adulthood we have to pass through that adolescent gate he says it's like um, like a bottleneck like like if you're if you think about being on a highway there's 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 traffic because of construction that's being done or something and all of these humans are getting locked up in this bottleneck this logjam of adolescence because in his perspective we don't have traditional initiations or rites of passage for our young people so we have these moys and these worlds walking around in the world because we haven't taken we haven't taken care of them that way yep. 
And also because the people who would take care of the adolescents who are actually adolescents right now are, haven't been initiated themselves. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I, maybe maybe you could speak a bit into that because I talk about that all the time. I'm interested in your perspective on, on that phenomenon. Yeah, it's, it's, it's also, for me, it's also about recognizing the power of ceremonial living, bro. Right. And I mean, mm-hmm. ceremonial yeah. living. Oh, my goodness. I, as I tuned into your recognition of that, I got this jolt of emotion through my body. I, it really hits home. Right. Yeah, I got like a tear right yeah. here right now, man, for it sure. Like real stuff. Yeah. Uh, like because that's what rites of passage are. They're ceremonies. You know, I'm, I'm a shamanic practitioner. Right. I've been walking the shamanic path for 10 years. I, I don't want to say despite that, but let's just say through walking this path, I have learned that what I feel quite strongly about is making language digestible to the everyday world because uh, in shamanic circles there is a kind of a recognized kind of kind of way way of speaking i guess that's not really spoken of but everybody just talks of spirit and talks of esoteric principles and, and concepts and i like to bring it to an everyday level right so that everybody in the world mm. can relate to it and ceremonial living has man i can feel myself welling up by so this like it touches home yeah. so powerfully with me it has yeah. such big implications for us right I, on an esoteric and shamanic level yes but just even on a neurological level for us to step forward and be recognized for who we are like on a neurological level for for us to be honored for mm-hmm. the stage of life that we are in and for us to declare not just to spirit but to our brothers and our sisters and the people who are accompanying us in whatever ceremony it, it, it is to have that <laughs> got goose pimples man to have that yeah. like just to experience that to be in the energy of that bro to 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 have them listen to you spill your heart to them there's something in that even beyond the esoterics of it as i say on the neurological and just a just a human level it is it's a, it's a basic human need brother it is a basic human need mm-hmm. on a biological level it's a basic need of ours to mm-hmm. to share in those moments with each other for me to look you in the eye mm. and to say, gone are my days of X, Y, Z, and now I am this person. This is who I am. I declare I'm stepping into the shoes of, you know, mm. you know, to plant that seed in our, in our, in our, in our bodies, in our cells, in our brains and our souls and our spirits. Right. Mm. Yes, man. Uh, wow. I- Definitely got me feeling the emotions of it too, because this is—it's so much. What you're speaking is so much of what I believe too. That that ceremonial way of living is such a beautiful way of living. Mm. You know, and, and the the indigenous peoples here in the Americas called some of them call it the beauty the way. Beauty way, yeah, yeah. Because it is such a beautiful way, man. It's a beauty way. It's a beauty way. Beautiful way of living life. To to be connected. To to know, to really know family, and not the definition of like mommy, daddy, brother, sister, but family. When you step into that space, you recognize who your family is. You know who your family is. You know where you come from. You know what your traditions are and your customs are. And to be seen in that way, to be to be able to be witnessed is so therapeutic and cathartic for, gosh, man, I, everybody I've ever seen who walks into ceremonial space is healed. Yep. The recognition of being, of being seen in front of your people and, and, and recognizing and knowing family is so something that's, I know I was missing. And now that I've, I've found that, I want that for everybody else to have that experience of really being seen and recognized all the way back to what you said about the boy that you were, that everything you did was just because you fought, you wanted somebody to see you, to see you for who you are and to see, and to recognize those unique traits that you have. And I think our society, in my opinion, 
we've done so much work against the ego to try and extinguish it and to to make people feel so that, that they're not so they're not special they're not unique because of where the ego can go if we latch on to that but right re- recognizing the unique gifts that we have there's things that you can do brother that i can't do yeah and there's things that i can do that, that you can't do and other people can't do and that's why we have each other because we, we we complete that circle yeah so it's a i believe it's a balance of of recognizing Absolutely. what our unique gifts and traits are and having Absolutely. our community mirror that back to us and then appreciating what everyone else has to give so we can have this give and receive this natural harmony of it all yeah 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 100 percent, bro and you know as, as you were speaking what came to me just a few years back so i i said that you know a lot of this was has been carried into my adult life naturally right and, and i'm just remembering when i was very heavily involved in in uk in the uk property markets and you know it's like this is this is the state of our society bro right our world is operating like there are many people with broken children inside them, and 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 I just like a just a few years ago, maybe about three years ago, I had this experience where I was like mm-hmm. I was just about to enter a deal, right, a property deal, a business deal, and it's this notion of safety because if we're not mm-hmm. seen, recognized, approved of, loved, then we don't feel safe, right? And there was this, it just came up to me as as, as you were speaking. Like I'm just about to go in. I've got this like whopper of a deal on on my table. These guys that are like really reputable, forty years of experience. Like you know, kind of like I'd be mad to say no to the to the to the mm. deal they offered me, basically. But I just felt so scared. I felt so scared that I I I found myself reaching out to like three different friends to for them to talk me through it. And mm. a couple of them were coaches and they were like, at the time I didn't know what I was feeling, bro. Mm. Right. So this, this is the boy. This was the boy. Cause I didn't understand. This was only three years ago, bro. I didn't understand what the fuck this sensation was that I was feeling. Yeah. And my friend who's a coach, he's like, what is it that you're trying to say? What, what is it that you're looking for right here? What, what, why have you called me and what do you want me to give you? Yeah. And I, and I couldn't word it. I couldn't word, like, I didn't know what it was, bro. And it was only like mm-hmm. just in the past year, that I recognized, I just wanted to, him to tell me it was okay. Yeah, reassurance. I just wanted him to tell me, it's okay, you've got this, man, you know? <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, exactly. And, and that's a, a lack of feeling safe, right? And that comes from exactly that. So I feel you, man. Like I, I've also grown up with no, right. you know, significant rites of passage. Um, I've had to create my own rites of passage, right? Through being in the world. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing. At this point, I've I've had enough conversations, and I believe I've seen enough to say that it's not even just a possibility that if we don't see and recognize and identify these boys and, and mirror back to them who they are and and support them, nurture them, mentor them in their becoming the men that they want to be, it's not even just a possibility. It's a guarantee that they will test themselves. They will test society. They will they will challenge the container to see can it hold me. Yeah. And when I'm and when I say tested, I'm talking about all the things that the rest of us don't want to see. We don't want to see kids, you know, taking taking drugs. We don't want to see kids going out and being violent with with themselves or against someone else. Yeah. We don't want to see them destroying and using that destructive energy but teaching them to be more creative and constructive yeah. with that energy that they have. So it's if we really want that to change, then it's it's something that's on all of us. It's 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 they, the boys have their part. That's for sure. But it's really up to us to, to create that container that we want for them. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I think it's really great that we open the dialogue this way. In this conversation of martial arts and medicine, I love both of these, these areas of life so much. And I'm wondering which one came first for you? 
It's, it sounds like martial arts is, was kind of the first path that initiated you into manhood. Yeah, yeah. So in some ways, bro, in some ways, I, I got my little, my little snippet of it, let's just say, at age, what, 10, something like that, through taekwondo. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I did it for about six, seven months. And yeah, in that time, I, I learned, I learned a lot, but I, I think, yeah, I think that my mother had a big influence on me back then. Okay. And her kind of, she was, she liked to kind of put me into all different things and I was kind of going with her flow. So I, I kind of left it after six, seven months. Um, but I, I did like, I picked a few things up really quickly. And then here is I mean, this is a raw truth, bro. This is raw as hell. So, uh huh. Let's have it. Okay, it's raw. Like I, I basically, like the whole tough man shell then began to form at about eleven. Because mm-hmm. yeah, my I mean, my mum, bless her. I, I have a. We're in the process of healing an amazing, you know, healing things in an amazing way, right now through my 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 daughter and uh, through my own healing as well. But. Yeah, she, you know, my mum gave me a bit of a hard time of it as a, as a child, you know, and used to punch me, <laughs> beat me. Mm-hmm. And this was, this was my reason for going to learn boxing. So I mm-hmm. kind of, and that's where the shell began to, to form, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so boxing was my first. And I don't think that, I don't think that boxing really, I don't think it, it helped me in terms of initiation, bro. I'll be honest with mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I, I think that, Given the container that I was provided, or that I was that I was in at that, at that time, yeah, it kind of it helped to kind of propagate the sh- my shadow side a little bit, right? Boxing, uh, but then uh, yeah. I think for me, in terms of initiation, where I began to really feel things was in the circles of breakdance. This was before I went mm. into capoeira, before I went to capoeira. Oh, okay. So I tried, I did okay. two years of breakdance, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and in there, like in, in, in the circles of hip hop, real hip hop, you know how it goes, man, like <laughs> yeah. real hip hop, <laughs> the, the, the notions of respect, recognition, equality. This was kind of a real, a real initiation for me, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The beginning. Healthy of competition too. Healthy right? competition, right? And, and, and yeah. competition that is like fun. It's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, yeah. You know. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that's that that part of my journey. But then that transitioned into capoeira, which right. I was I was so I I was probably eighty percent Angolero, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and and the rest I would kind of because I love my expressive acrobatics and stuff. So I would do yes, hip now as well, and I, and I know you 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 do that stuff. So. Yes, um, yes, yes. Capoeira Angola. I mean, it's a whole world, bro. It's a whole world. Yeah, and, and for people who don't know the difference, um, if you don't know capoeira anyway, uh, <laughs> capoeira is is a Brazilian martial art that was brought over to Brazil by by African slaves when they were brought to colonize Brazil. Yeah. And ang- when he says angolero, is in ang- Angola is a style of capoeira that, for all intents and purposes, is much more slower, much much more disciplined, much more flowy like water so to speak whereas Hejo now is a little more fiery and acrobatic like he said so I also started my training as an angolero oh really for the first uh, cool. for the first year of my training when I was in New York I know for me that gave me a, a great in terms of what we're you know becoming a man mm. just a sense of discipline and command over my body yes because 
regional for me, and, and I think in, in the capoeira world also has a lot of ego and fire attached to it that can be very showy. It can also be very dangerous. Yeah. Whereas whereas Angola can also be dangerous, but it's 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 it, they teach you a different type of command yeah, yeah. over self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, responsibility of self and responsibility for someone else by taking care of your own body in your own space. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's also it's also brother, it's also ceremony, right? I mean yes. it's 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 yes. it's earth, it's sky, it's Africa, <laughs> it's humanity, it's you know, it's the gods. I mean that 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 period of my life, bro, moved so much for me, like a lot. Mm-hmm. It moved a lot. It really, really plugged me into an, a whole new level of of depth um, in terms of my connection to the human being that I am, right? Mm-hmm. My own humanity. Mm-hmm. It's it was part of. It has formed a mass. I mean, I mean, I did it for seven years, man. It's quite a big chunk of my life, and it really formed part of this whole. You know, I think before we hit the record button here, I I mentioned something about anthropology, right? And mm-hmm. the humanity. I think Capoeira Angola really held a strong part in the formation of that in my life and kind of understanding myself yeah. as a human and being more connected to the human race in, in general uh, and myself, you know, I, I, as a man as well. Of course, yeah. of course, Samba Jehoda, man. Samba Jehoda yeah. is like the epitome of courtship, bro. It is courtship, mm-hmm. right? That is, it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can picture flowery little birds in the Amazon jungle, you know, dancing with each other <laughs> and, and courting. Yeah. They're courting, right? They're courting. But exactly. it is such a exactly, beautiful yeah. expression of innocent, symbolic courtship. Yeah. And, and in, well, in that, that, to that, that, that brings up something I really want to jump into yeah, go. because when, when you talked about capoeira as a ceremony, it started like clicking all these dots together for me because before I found capoeira, I was looking for a martial art because I, you know, I wanted the the sense of discipline and structure, and I and I wanted to have more command over my body, mm. and, I, and and none of them resonated with me until I heard about capoeira. In fact, people started asking me if I did capoeira before I even knew about it. I had like five or six people say, "Do you do capoeira?" I was like, "What's capoeira?" And I got to find out. Uh-huh. And when I finally That's went cool. to my first class, it all sunk because it. It, it brought it all together for me. And I think people who see demonstrations of capoeira in a parade or on the street, because we do a lot of that too, it, it's very physically impressive. And the music, and, and it's, it's, it, there's an energy about it. And you feel it even if you don't understand it. But like you said, it is a ceremony. Hmm. You know, the, the, the man who's holding the beating bow, or the, or the woman, the person who's, who's leading the hoda, the circle, it, that's holding the beating bow is like the master of ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And there's a reverence involved in all of these lessons that we get inside of the ceremony of the Hoda in Capoeira is synonymous with the lessons that happen in a plant medicine ceremony. Mm-hmm. Everything we need to know about life and living and lessons that we would teach our children and, and learn ourselves are in these ceremonies. And I think observers maybe pick up on it energetically, feel it. There's some energy there that's, that's attractive, but don't know that that's really what's there. And on top of that, I think most people are waiting for an invitation in because they feel it energetically, but they're like, well, I don't belong. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not a part of that. I'm, I'm not Brazilian or I, I'm not indigenous. So I can't have that, quote unquote. Yeah. Right. But so that just kind of opened up my whole mind that, that all of the teachings that a lot of people need, maybe maybe that's that way of ceremony is not for everybody. But those teachings that are in these ceremonies and many other ceremonies that I don't even practice are they're all in there and people are just watching from the sidelines waiting for an invitation into the circle 
Yep. So, an invitation home, brother. Like everybody's waiting for their invitation yes. home, right? Amen, man. Yeah, that's it. Like everybody's waiting for the invitation home, right? Kind of, yeah, just on the like. So, so what do you think? What what would you say for folks? Because I I know that there's going to be a lot of guys listening to this who maybe they've they've sat in an ayahuasca ceremony or a peyote ceremony or maybe they've gone to a capoeira class or any of these other ceremonies or traditions, but aren't all the way in. Or maybe they're just hearing about this for the first time and like, what are the, the heck are these guys talking about? What do you think is the conversation that those that would invite those folks in? Ah, first and foremost, man, you know, trust your gut, trust your feelings, follow, follow it. Follow the calling of your gut and your feelings. Mm. If there is a feeling of something missing, something else there, you know that sensation. I hear a lot of people Mm. saying it, that they feel like there's something more to life. Step in, step in, man. Step in, like, feel your way around ceremony. Discover what, what, where do you come from? Where do you come Mm. from? Where do you come yeah, from? That's a good step. What land mm-hmm. are you standing upon? Mm-hmm. Is this the land that saw you born? And the blood that runs through your veins, is it indigenous to this land or does it come from other places also? Who are you in that sense? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Discover that and find out, go down the line of history and see what are the ceremonies of who you are. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's a lot of ways to do that, man. There's, there's a lot of ways to do that. I, I think... That, that question, who am I, is the question that we're all asking, but until we have an answer to it, maybe not a complete answer, but the beginnings of an answer. And my way of, of answering that question, that question first started to come up for me when I was 23 years old. <laughs> I'd finished college. I, was get, I had a, a really good paying job with a, with a graduate degree working in New York City. I, hadn't, I had nothing to complain about, yet I, I've never felt more empty and, and uncertain of where I was going. So that question of who am I kept coming up, kept coming up and beating me over the head. So my approach was I I threw myself into the world. (laughs) I said, okay, I'm going to leave New York City, leave everything I know, take with me as little as possible, like a backpack and a a drum, and I'm going to go. And and that was my way of finding out, well, who am I outside of all of the relationships and the environments that I've been been used to, that I grew up in? Answering that, finding answers and seeking answers to that question, who am I? It's whatever that process looks like for you of following the breadcrumbs. Because yeah. they start to show up. Once you actually pay attention to that, that question, who am I? And you listen, like you said, from that intuitive place of what is calling you forward. You follow one breadcrumb and then the next one and the next. And it just keeps revealing itself. It's not something that you can sit down and just think into existence. Yeah, yeah. You need, you need to allow the world to respond to that question by putting yourself into the world, right? Yes. I did that too, bro. You know, when I, when I left, I left that age. 19 to go and live in South America um, originally mm. for six months, but then that six months turned into almost two years. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that now, like my younger cousin, for example, she's the first after me and she's probably about 11 years younger than me, but mm. she's, she's going to do the same, man. She's, you know, next year she's going to go and take herself out into the world for a whole year. And she's just turning 20 as well. So it's important, man, you know, to let the world respond to us by putting herself out there. Sure. And I don't know, I'm I'm just kind of philosophizing here, but I think that if we, if we, if we created home, like, like the home that we're speaking of here on this, in this conversation, if we created a greater sense of home and community and family 
for the children in our lives, whether they're our, our own blood children or the children that we help to raise in our communities, then they'll feel more confident to step out into the world that way. Because that, that's a courageous thing. I don't care who you are or how you do it, but to step out of what you know into something that you don't know and not knowing where you're going to land, it's, it's, as e- it's as courageous as it is essential. Yes. So we, we have to give these young people just enough, just enough confidence to take that first step. And then they'll find their way from there. They'll, they'll stumble, they'll fall, they'll pick themselves back up, they'll soar, they'll, they'll crash. They need all of that. But I think so many of them, especially if we're looking at boys, right? Mm. Young men in our society right now, they're not taking that first flight. They're mm. staying as close to the nest as they can. And we're blaming them. Mm. We're blaming them for not wanting to take flight. But they, they don't, it's not until they're in their 30s that they have enough leverage against them. It's like, oh, wow, you're in your 30s and you're still living at home? Time to fly. Yeah. <laughs> right? That, that's what's happening. That's what we've created yeah. as a society. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, absolutely, bro. Those those neural circuits of security and, and feeling safe are created in the most crucial years of our life, you know, in, in our childhood. And it is through that deeply connected way of being that we are able to create fearless, confident adult human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one other thing that I was thinking about way back when you were, we were talking about this conversation of ceremony mm. was, and how you said that, you know, boxing really wasn't what initiated you into the man that you are now. It was actually somewhat of the opposite. It made me think about how the, the importance of mentorship and the importance of having a, having a really good teacher. Because as a boy, when you don't know and you can't recognize these things and you're building your awareness and your attention, you pay attention where someone else tells you to pay attention. Yeah. So if you've got a, if you have a, an instructor, let's, let's go back. I don't know if this is true for you, but isn't a hypothetical. If you, if your boxing teacher is also a boy or a moy, right? <laughs> a boy in a man's body who carries some of those same wounds and, and wants to be the tough guy with the tough exterior, that's just going to get passed on. Yep. It's not until you have somebody that teaches you how to contain that energy and express that energy in a responsible way that it becomes a, a more healthy, integrated lesson. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, that, that's such an important piece of this element too, is who are your teachers? Yeah, 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 absolutely. 100%, man. And that's why it's so important for us to create, to, to build ourselves first and foremost as the men that we are, the, the, the kind of mentors that, that we are, right? To build ourselves into presences of solidity, mm. real solidity. Yeah, it, it can be, it can be, it's a, it's a bit of a dangerous thing because we have one Moy who was created through the lack of this connected ceremonial way of living, kind of perpetuating it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's important that we, this is why we need more solid men that are, that are on the path, you know, that are on, that are on this path right. that we share, brother. Yeah, it's so important. Right. And, and so in fact, let's just make that a, a fucking battle cry to, to our fellow men mm-hmm. out there. Right. Like, yeah. like if, if you're out there, and you're feeling that 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 call to to step up, you know, and to to be that mentor and to become that better man. Because even just through you transforming yourself and becoming that better man, whether it is an addiction to prostitutes, cocaine, violence, dark shadow behavior, if you have arrived at that place of recognition that you have that, time to own it, right? And like we invite you to step forward, and because the world needs is in such dire need of more solid men who are on the path and it does not matter your past doesn't define who you are now right your past really doesn't Mm -hmm. need to define who you are right now if you allow it to define you it will but 
Yeah. It is a matter of choice. And if you want to be that better man now, then stand up and, you know, let's stand together and be mentors yeah. for, the, for, for the boys of this world. Yeah, because to be a good mentor doesn't mean just knowing a lot. No. Right. Uh, one thing I've learned about having kids, and especially my young my young son, is he doesn't do what I tell him to do. He does what he sees. Yes. <laughs> and so it's 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 more important to be and to do the things that we want our children and our younger ones to take on than to tell them about it. Yeah. Because if we just if we tell them don't take drugs, but then mommy and daddy are going out and getting you know high on the weekends, like they even if they don't see it, they they feel it and they know pick up on it. Yeah. And yeah. And, and there's also a lot of there's a lot of teachers out there, shamans, road men and women walking out there in the world that they don't own that shadow side of themselves. Yeah. They don't own that part of themselves. And so it creates an incongruency and everybody, no, none of us are perfect. And all of us have a responsibility, like you said, to step forward and really be how we would want our children to be. And if we just think if I just think of it like that every day, it takes a lot of other choices off off my table. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Exactly, man. And it, you know, it's not about, it's not about being the perfect article either. Like it's not about being that thing that they need to be. No, like, like that thing that they need to be is just themselves. And if you just be yourself and own who you are, then it gives them permission to do the same. Right. Like, and, and to, and like you said, to own your shadow side. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I, I caught myself acting from shadow just last week when I was venting, I, I caught myself in the act of venting about another person. Right. I was like, Whoa, I just caught myself in the moment. Right. Okay. I'm owning mm-hmm. that shit. That was shadow. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's still, you know, it, it, we still we're human. We all have a shadow yes. side. Right. And it's about choice mm-hmm. in this very moment. What am I choosing now here and now? Mm-hmm. That's, that's another reason that I love, I love ceremony too, whether it's, plant ceremonies or even the ceremony of the Hoda because it's one of the most vulnerable places in the world. If you're an officer in a ceremony or you're, you're playing in a Hoda, it's your, 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 you're on full display. Your whole life, the way you do your life is right there for everybody to see. So choosing to step into that is like that courageous step of stepping out into the world and into the unknown. Oh, wow, people are really going to see me for all of my gifts and all of my, of my wounds. Yeah. All of my blemishes, my insecurities, they're going to show up in that space. And to be able to step into that, knowing that that's going to happen and, and then to keep returning to it, man, it's, it's transformative. Because all, all of that, then, then all of the meaning we put behind how we look loses its value. It, it, it doesn't have as much command over us. Anymore. 100%, bro, 100%. And I mean, it, I can draw parallels also with the martial art that I currently practice and that I'm, I've chosen to dedicate, you know, uh, uh, possibly the rest of my life to, uh, my wife is accompanying me on this path as well. And that's the path of jujitsu. Um, I, I often, I often, well, I, perhaps not so often now, but when I, in my first few fights, I experienced roaring. I mean, every single time I step on the mats, right. I, that sensation comes, that sensation of like, mm-hmm. shit, <laughs> I'm being seen. <laughs> People are seeing me. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first the first few times though, it was like, I mean, it was poof, roaring loud, man. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. Really, really loud. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you just have to like you, you keep stepping into that because every time you do it, you send a signal to yourself, to the universe, yeah. to the creator, you know, of what your intentions yes. are. Are you stepping yeah. in? Are you gonna carry away? You know, you're stepping yeah. in and opening up like the flower, the shining flower that you're supposed to be, or are you gonna just like Stay shriveled up and hidden, you know? 
Everybody needs yeah. to bring their shining flower to the world, man. We need a world full of shining mm. flowers. That's right, man. Oh man, that's so good. That's so good. It made me made me think of the first time I stepped into the Choda, like seven years ago myself, and how I, I didn't do it the first time I went to class. It was probably a few classes in. I don't even remember until they finally just threw me in there because my heart was racing and I, mostly because it's like I don't know what I don't know what I'm doing in there, right? That's yeah. that's a lesson. I need to know what I'm doing to step forward. Yeah. Is that is that what I need to do? Beautiful. And then and then the exhilaration of doing it for the first time like, "Oh, I did it." And now at this point, I'm super comfortable getting in the Hoda to a degree. If you if you ship me down to Brazil and you say, "All right, here's a bunch of uh, here's a bunch of people you don't know who have been doing this for almost your whole life. Go ahead, jump in there." It's going to create that same same feeling again. And I recognize now, I'm like, "Oh, okay, I got to lean into that." But it doesn't get any easier. It's just like you, like you said, just keep leaning into that feeling, that sensation. Absolutely, absolutely. And and to a point where it, it you know, like you said, it doesn't get any easier. But you have. The choice that you make allows the voice of that fear and that terror to be, terror is a good word because like it is literal terror sometimes, you know, but the more you lean into it, the less opportunity you give for it, that voice to be loud, you know, to be like really loud in your being and to just kind of be mindful of it and be like, okay, that's there, Mm -hmm. but I'm stepping in. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful, man. Well, I know we're starting to come towards our time that we have here for this conversation today, but I do want to make sure we have some room to talk about what you said before we started recording is really big on your heart. And that's currently what's what's happening in the Amazon and, and the fires that are going on down there. And I'm wondering if there's some sort of connection between this whole conversation we just had and and what is what's happening in the Amazon right now, if there's a way we can make that connection and, and speak about it a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I just tell you what's kind of, what's kind of real for me, I guess I'm, I'm very connected. I mean, I've got, I, I travel the last time I was in South America was 2016, actually we'll probably be there next year again, but it's, it's fairly often that, that we go down, you know, and we have really wide networks, especially in the shamanic kind of medicine circles. And there's, this, there's, there's one guy that I'm, that I feel especially kind of connected to and um, kind of vinculated with. Uh, he's a Shipibo Conibo shaman from Pucallpa in Peru. So he, I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm assisting him in, in several different ways, right? I'm obviously a fundraise for him. He teaches, he teaches the children of the local area, the shamanic ways, the Shipibo shamanic ways. Mm-hmm. But, but also we're connected with Leticia Yawanawa from the, from Acre. She's a representative of, of 18 different tribes in that region. And also the Kofan and Kamensa tribes of, of Colombia. Yeah. All of them, all of them right now, of course, uh, can do with any help that, that, that they could possibly, people can possibly muster. But so I'm, I'm, I'm working on creating things with the shaman in, in Pucallpa, creating things to kind of assist with, I mean, it, the situation right now is roaring, right? It's 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 in, mm-hmm. in big, big need. What I'm choosing to do is is donate to Rainforest Alliance, also Amazon Watch. I have a whole bunch of friends who are really heavily involved in, in Extinction Rebellion. Yeah, again, what I'm what I'm doing with, with the shaman is 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 creating things that will essentially provide funds for him and his operations and whatever protection he needs to provide in, in that situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, it's 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 big on my heart at the moment. You know, I'm I'm sending my blessings to the earth, to the Amazon, to all the people that are out there helping this situation. And I'm working on, you know, what what am I creating to to help? What am I creating to? 
to help this situation. And so I'd probably just invite everybody who's listening to ask the same, you know, what can I create in this moment to, to help somehow? Yeah. Yeah. Even if that means something that you're doing locally nearby. Absolutely. I think that's, that's oftentimes where a lot of people get really upset and, and riled up by the, the visuals. And I think that that's like a double-edged sword. You know, it's, it's awareness is really good because a lot of people didn't even know this was happening and we wouldn't know it was happening if it wasn't for social media or media in general. And on the other side of that, it, it can be very manipulative and it can just rile up a bunch of emotions without any action. Yep. An emotion without action is gasoline for fire. Yep. So yeah. well even if it just means, like even if you don't have any money, right? If you're, if you're the type of person that has to borrow money from people for your life, then what can you do with your energy as a resource? Nobody can take, as long as you're upright vertical, you have breath and life in your body, you have energy and you can do something about that. So even if that means just taking care of somebody else near, nearby to you, yep. don't, don't, don't think that that's disconnected from what's happening down in the Amazon right now. Because yep. we could spend the next 20 minutes talking about how that's connected all the way through. <laughs> hey, 100%, you know. <laughs> bro. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. You know, recognize guilt and shame and be with them. You know, because there's so much like media, social media. Hey, I've felt it strongly in my body over the past few days, guilt and shame around everything, right? Like shit, yeah. you know, feeling like I should be out there doing big things over there and, you know, like throwing. With your own fire hose, right? Like I should be putting out the fire. It's like, I don't know anything about putting out fires in a rainforest. Exactly, bro. Exactly. And that but is I feel it, it, you know, right? <laughs> but I can go out to my local community and do X, Y, Z and help this person and maybe donate to this charity. Or if I don't have the money, then how can I give, how can I exchange my, my energy and my time? You know, how can I make somebody's day better in my local community? Right. And send it, send it with a prayer to the earth, Mm. send it, send it as an offering to all of existence. Right. (sighs) That's, that's, that's our next conversation, man. The next, the next episode you and I do the power of prayer. Cause mm. just, just to, just to kind of tie the bow with that one. I grew up in a Roman Catholic background. I didn't grow up in, in native or indigenous ways. And I never understood when they said, say your prayers. I never really understood what I was praying to or what I was praying for. It wasn't until somebody broke it down and said that, my ancestors, people who I don't know, but whose blood and whose DNA runs in my body, they were praying for me to have this life, to have a life where I have clean water, where I have healthy food, where I'm coming to know myself and the earth and the elements better. Somebody prayed for that to happen, and they were just throwing thoughts and words into the sky, hoping that it would happen someday. Mm. So the fact that there was somebody doing that for me my words and my intentions and my thoughts and my heart going out into something, like you said, from a distance, it really is, is powerful. So those, those prayers, they do matter and they are connected to something, even if we don't see it, even if it doesn't have that logical, tangible connection that our, that our brain sometimes wants to see. Absolutely, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well put. So uh, yeah, next time we'll, we'll talk about prayer because that's love, love talking about prayers, man. We'll get all shamanic. I look forward yeah <laughs> yeah man we'll, we'll get all done up in our ceremonial garb and we'll go real deep on it <laughs> i look forward bro bring it <laughs> cool let me ask you a couple of quick fire questions and then we'll we'll round up here by you giving some people some information about you and your efforts so what is one thing that you've learned in your life you wish you knew when you were 18 years old that it is all absolutely okay <laughs> everything yeah, is okay and just as it's meant to be right on 
And what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? Be a living, walking, breathing example. Mm, yeah. Perfect. And let's finish up with where can people follow you, find you, work with you, support the fundraising efforts, anything you want to throw out there. And we'll make sure that it's in the show notes too. Cool. So I'm on Facebook is uh, dot Brown. Uh, that's my handle. Uh, my Instagram handle is at Mark John Brown. That's M-A-R-C-G-O-H-N, B-R-O-W-N with no, no uh, hyphens or punctuation. My website is marc-johnbrown.com. I'm going to be giving, for anybody that's, I don't know if you have listeners in, in, in Holland, but I will be in Amsterdam on the 10th of September delivering my flagship event, Journey to Connection. I also deliver that very often here in my home city of Edinburgh. I'm actually going to do that right after this call. And yeah, I'm available for, for one-on-one coaching with people. I help people with emotional stuff, especially men, recognizing what mm. I feel, why I feel it. And based on that, what do I want right in this moment very now, right now, should I say? And then the most important thing, having the balls and the, and the courage to go out and ask and, 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 and get what we, what we want and what we need. Mm-hmm. And also I offer, uh, you know, one-on-one uh, shamanic uh, healings and ceremony work. Uh, and of course, in the next two to three months, I will be putting together and putting out there a three-month course for preparation for plant medicines. And I offer plant medicine integration coaching how to bring the lessons that are dished out to us in plant medicine ceremonies into our modern existences. One of the biggest challenges, let's admit it, right, is integration. And I think that uh, it's very important to get a little bit of help sometimes, you know, to be able to fully digest and integrate those lessons in everyday life. So Mm. again, Instagram handle, Mark John Brown, at Mark John Brown, Facebook, M-A-R-C-G-O-H-N, dot brown and my website is merc-johnbrown.com mjb nice and we'll make sure it's all out there for you guys you know one of the things i always say and i've learned from my teachers is it's a lot easier to start a fire than it is to tend one yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like you said you know getting those initial downloads and visions and information but really integrating it into your life and, and into your walk that's that's the journey so that's where the work is you guys got to follow this man right here this brother right here he's doing really powerful work especially i, I really want to i feel called to invite the men out there who have that tough guy persona and really and like deep down you feel like you want to shed it this man i can already see in his eyes and in his heart is a is a wonderful invitation to let all that go and to really feel supported and in that space. I can really feel that from you, man. Definitely link up with this guy. Follow what he's doing. You and your beautiful family, man. I wish you all the best. And I look forward when we get to we get to meet someday because it feels like that will be something that's happening sometime. Very soon, bro. I feel it's happening. I look forward. Yes, Thank sir. you so much for having me. Oh, it's an honor, man. Till next time. Blessings, bro. Big love. There you have it. This was another one of those conversations for me that was just instant recognition of another brother who sees the world through the same eyes that I do. And I'm sure you guys could hear it in in both of our voices, but there was just such a deep acknowledgement of each other and the work that we're doing and what we believe in. And this conversation about ceremony and the value of having ceremony in our lives, something that connects us to a home, to who we are, a sense of belongings, one of the deepest wounds that we have as humans. And for a lot of us, especially if you live in the States or a country where your ancestors are not native to, it's very difficult to feel a sense of belonging because you're not connected to the land that your ancestors got to know. So recreating a connection to the land that you live in and the land that you grew up on, and recreating a connection to the ancestors and the lineage and the legacy that you come from, and also honoring 
the legacy and the lineage and the teachings of other wisdom keepers, of other cultures and traditions if they're not native to your blood. These are really important practices and whether it's through the martial arts or it's through plant medicine communities or tribal culture, tribal traditions, anything that connects you to something greater is such a powerful resource for healing and I'm really grateful that we got to speak about that today because it's something that's really big on my heart. And I know that Mark John Brown, MJB over here, he's, he's, a, he's a very valuable source of wisdom. So make sure you guys follow him, connect with him, and find any way to be in this man's vortex. I know he's all the way up there in Scotland, but one way or another, you can connect to him and tap into his, his beautiful wisdom. So again, let me call you guys forward to become a part of this call of the warrior event we have. Get your tickets right now at rise.jdzuma.com slash warrior. It's coming up in less than a week, and it's going to be amazing. We, we already have about 40 guys who are going to be there for the day of so a really really powerful gathering make sure you guys get your tickets now as always check out the show notes for links and resources at the risingmanpodcast.com my man julian subic putting up those show notes and descriptions and resources there for you each and every week appreciate the work you've been doing j dog it's been about a year now man so big ups to you thank you so much for everything that you've been doing please also subscribe and follow us on the podcast app wherever you listen to us whether it's itunes stitcher spotify google play any of the places where you're listening to us if they give you an option to subscribe please please do so. If they give you an option to follow us, to leave a review or a comment, please take that opportunity as well. That three to five minutes you take to hit the subscribe button and leave a review goes a long, long, long way. We're having guys pick up and join into the Rising Man community each and every week. And a lot of it has to do with what you guys are saying about the Rising Man. So please continue to do that. It's a very simple and very effective way of supporting what we're doing here. Check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Podcast. My man Rowan Tyne, lighting it up each and every week making sure those images are coming to you guys live looking fresh as always and uh, share those up give us a follow because that's another way for us to keep growing this rising man message big shouts to sean offenbach over at infinite melodics at infinite m-e-l-o-d-i-x my man who is doing big things in the world right now a lot of a lot of exciting projects that he's up to in the world but if you still need help with your podcast audio engineering needs he is your guy so make sure you hit him up and last but not least my man mark rose who i love and appreciate so much who's also going to be coming out here all the way from the east coast out in rhode island to be a part of the call of the warrior event in fact i've got my entire rising man power team going to be out here for the call of the warrior event for the first time ever we're we're, we're all we're located in different parts of the country different parts of the world when we started and we're all going to be in the same spot for the call of the warrior event so that alone is a reason for you guys to come out and join us <laughs> but mark rose my man who's tending the fire circles so beautifully appreciate everything that you're doing brother and every one of you out there who's listening and supporting the rising man thank you so much from the top of my heart until next time rise up and claim your destiny <laughs>